Hello, everybody. My name is Damien Savarino. I'm senior lecturer in voice and opera in the Department of Music here at Messiah College. And I asked Doria Schmidt to be part of this conversation with Hi. me. Hi. Well, I graduated two years ago with a theater major, but I came in as a music major and right. studied with you for four years. Right. Can you maybe for our listeners explain to them how you got started in singing, how you became interested in opera? Sure. This is a story that I've told many times. I'll try to make it brief. Give us and a new succinct. twist. All right. I'll, no, see, I'll see if I can put a new twist. When I was a kid, um, I would just sing around the house, you know. And th the thing that would happen is uh, like a commercial would come on the television and I would start singing the jingle. And then once I learned the jingle to the commercial, then I would start harmonizing to the jingles. So there would be these little, you know, 30-second TV spots that would come on. And my parents, and I was two or three or four or five, you know, my early childhood years, and my parents kind of looked at each other and said, you know, this kid must have some sort of ear and innate musicality. And then it was in high school that I pretty much got involved with singing. Mm. And really, uh, but I, as I say, it sort of had this ear, and I had been singing all through my younger childhood. And my parents actually forced me to sign up for high school chorus my freshman year because I didn't want to. I was too. I was a very shy oh, person. Which is, which is I the, mean, you haven't really changed much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is about the opposite of who I am now, mm. except for that I'm a little bit more shy in my personal life. But when it comes to... Mm. My teaching and it comes to my singing, I have definitely, you know, come out of my shell more. Um, so my parents made me try out. Well, I ended up having a good time. Then the, the following, that was my freshman year in high school. Then the following year, they once again forced me <laughs> against my will. They literally dragged me out of bed. I had to go and audition for the show choir. And I, didn't, I wasn't prepared or anything. I ended up singing the Star Spangled Banner or something. And I got in. And that started, that was just the beginning of like getting, uh, coming out of my shell as a singer and figuring out that I did have this talent and I had this ear and this is something that I really did enjoy. And uh, then the next thing that happened when I was a junior in high school, I decided, all right, I'll go ahead and take some voice lessons. So I started voice lessons with a teacher, graduate student at the University of Iowa, and she was an opera singer there. And she approached me one day and said, how about you be in the opera at the university? And I said, okay. I didn't even know what an opera was. I'd never seen an opera. I didn't know what it was all about. So before I knew it, at the end of my junior in high school, I was in an opera, and it happened to be Puccini's Tosca, which is a fantastic uh. opera to be in for the first time, or as a novice, if you want to see an opera, that's a great opera to, to see. Wait, you're getting ahead with the questions. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> But so th I was in this opera, and I was a junior in high school. Well, that just blew my mind. And just all the elements that, that are involved with an opera, in costumes and the, all, all the technical aspects of what theater is, lighting, costumes, and the singing, of course, blew my mind, just to hear the older people mm -hmm. sing and the, what, what they could do, um, to be singing with an orchestra. So I decided at the end of my junior year, that's it. I've got, I have to be a voice major when I go to college. What would you suggest, I mean, you mentioned Tosca, but what are some other operas maybe to get people who aren't that familiar with opera to get them kind of just a little bit of their feet wet? Sure. Um, well, I, I do think Tosca would, is a great choice, but another Puccini opera that comes to mind that, that's a beautiful opera to see and very, um, 
uh, I think accessible from a from a music standpoint and from a theatrical standpoint is La Boheme, which is another mm-hmm. Puccini opera. Uh, which people might be familiar with Rent, which right, exactly. became the musical theater version of La right. Boheme. Before I go on to other operas, I would say even um, musicals like Les Miserables or Phantom of the Opera mm. are very operatic. Mm. You know, you, you, there, there's a lot of legitimate singing that happened in those, in those musicals. The stories are amazing. You know, the, the, all the technical elements and the costumes and everything about that are, are wonderful. Uh, but getting back to operas, uh, uh, some of my other favorites that, that I think are really great to see and have great music, great characters, um, Carmen by Georges Bizet is a wonderful French opera, but the story is tragic and, and amazing, and the characters mm-hmm. are, are amazing. It's a great show to see. You know, like a Mozart opera, like uh, The Marriage of Figaro, or mm-hmm. Don Giovanni, or some, some of these more very well-known, very classic Mozart operas. Mozart was a great theatrical writer. A lot of people think of his symphonies and his piano works, and, and of course he was brilliant. But if you really listen to the music, his timing in the music is impeccable. The way he uses uh, tonality and melody, um, you know, a lot of chromaticism to bring out words and to bring out comedy and to bring out characterizations. Um, they're, they're brilliant operas, and they're great mm. first-time operas to see. I feel like you're touching on it a little bit, but could you explain some of the differences between opera and musical theater? Besides the examples that I mentioned, like Les Mis or Phantom, which I think are very operatic, in general, uh, musicals are more song, dialogue, song, dialogue, song, dialogue. In opera, of course, it's all music. And so the plot doesn't happen in real time you know, like a play, Mm -hmm. like where there would be a song and then that song would end and there'd be applause and then the actors would continue going on, you know, in dialogue, which happens in real time. Then they can make their own choices about how fast or how slow to deliver this line or that line or how how to time this moment, Mm -hmm. how to time that moment. Those things are not up to the actor's discretion in an opera. Those things have been set by the composer in a sense Mm -hmm. because they've composed you know, where in opera you have to embrace, not only as the performer, but actually as an audience member too, you have to embrace the idea that there's an extension of time. Mm-hmm. So in a play, maybe a character would just say, I love you. And it can either be soft and tender and fast, or it can be drawn out, or, but they have a little bit of choice. In an opera, you know, <laughs> if that is drawn out, and it, like if it's in, in Italian and they say, Tamo then that's different than mm-hmm. saying, I love you. The timing mm-hmm. of that is different. Mm-hmm. So you have to accept that as a, as a performer. You have to accept that mm-hmm. as an audience member. But once you accept that and you're okay with that, that extension of time, then I think it's really easy to enjoy opera. Well, and there are a lot of the, the beautifulness of the subtleties too. Wow. I remember during a lot of our voice lessons, you would... I, I would want to more explain things with my hands or gestures or whatever, and you kept encouraging, put it in your voice. Right. Put that, put that that's um, true too. action in your voice. Right, so that's a difference, too, between music theater. I mean, <clears throat> I find that, that, that this, I mean, wouldn't you agree, the singing in opera is more colorful. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that's off-putting. You know, they hear this operatic sound, and they think of a, of a fat soprano with horns <laughs> on her head, you know, and it's very typical. Mm-hmm. But, but that's... Part of the of that genre of music and of of, of mm. theater because um, there is all of that. There's the color of choice and color 
that you want to put into your voice and the, and the feeling that you want to put in your voice. In addition to that, there's another really practical reason why opera singers sing that way. There's usually no microphones or no, no amplification mm-hmm. in opera. Mm-hmm. And that's another big difference between music theater and opera. Um, even music theaters can sing really softly, you know, and use a breathier tone. In opera, you don't, you can't really <laughs> do that, you know. Mm-hmm. You still have to sing with a, with a core tone or a resonance to the tone, even in a softer section. Um, I think another element is, um, you know, your, your suspension of disbelief. Well, in opera, you know, like people get stabbed and, <laughs> and then they, sing, and then an they sing a whole aria after that, you know. or It's impressive to, to have that much strength <laughs> right. after. After being mortally, fatally wounded. Yeah. Do you follow a lot of contemporary composers? I don't follow them in the sense that, that I'm, I'm not going to a lot of those performances. But, you know, for example, um, the Met... And the Metropolitan Opera has done uh, different others. An opera called *The Ghosts of Versailles* uh, that was recent, that was I think from the 80s or 90s. That was a, a new opera. Mm. Um, there's a streetcar named Desire. I think that Andre Previn composed. That's a new opera. Um, there was one based on the um, uh, *Dead Man Walking*. There's a *Dead oh. Man Walking* oh, wow. opera. I did a Philip Glass opera when I was living in Boston called *Akhnaten*. I would rather, at least at Messiah College and in my own performing, I, I, I like to stick to the classics mm. uh, and let the students get the, the opportunity to do mostly... Get that foundation. Class- yeah, mm. at that level to do mostly classic sort of operas or good American operas like John Carlo Minotti or um, Leonard Bernstein, you know, wrote some yeah. sort of quasi-operatic pieces, you know, there's other... Well, probably, and when we we study those foundational things, then when we go on to, if we are studying the more contemporary, we can see the hearkenings back to Mozart. Yeah, and I think you're just better prepared Mm -hmm. as a singer and as a performer because you've done some of those standard, standard repertoire. This has been an episode of Listen Up, a Messiah College podcast. For more information or to listen to past episodes, please visit the Listen Up website at blogs.messiah.edu backslash listen up.